0: All right, time to uh, take our eyes off of the immediate uh, ground below our feet and look up to the horizon and see what's going on in world affairs. World leaders meeting in Brussels today to talk global security at the NATO summit. Russia and China playing very high on the agenda with all of the European and North American allies. Global's Abigail Beeman is traveling with the prime minister and has more from Brussels. The goal here is to present a united front in this new Joe Biden era after the damaging Donald Trump years, especially important in dealing with China and Russia. And NATO Secretary General did not mince his words about that. Our relationship with Russia is at uh, its lowest uh, point uh, since uh, the end of the Cold War. This is due to Russia's aggressive actions. The group's final statement said those actions constitute a threat to security as Russia continues to breach values, principles, trust and commitments. And on China, allies agreed the communist power presents systemic challenges with coercive policies, concerned about a lack of transparency and continued disinformation. there's Abigail Beeman, and you get a sense of the ratcheting tensions across the world, so where should the G7 and where should NATO be focused? Should they be looking specifically at Russia or should they be more focused on China? Here is the prime minister's response to that question.
1: We can certainly walk and chew gum at the same time, recognize uh, Russia as a very present and real threat, which is why we have the enhanced forward presence that Canada's part of, why Canada has troops in Ukraine, for example, uh, right now, and why we are so concerned around the situation with Russia even as we look at the challenges in the pacific and and, and with china
0: there's justin trudeau, and meanwhile the g seven has ramped up in an attempt at vaccine diplomacy, trying to counter moves by Russia and by China to curry favor and to provide vaccines with strings attached to a number of countries, and especially China as it attempts to assert more and more control with its Belt and Road Initiative. To talk more about it, I am really pleased to welcome back to the program William Mitchell, who is a Professor professor of Strategic Management at the Rotman School of Management. Uh, w- welcome. What's your takeaway from uh, NATO and G7 in terms of how we're confronting the threat from China?
1: Hey, Alan, thanks for, thanks for having me on again. So China is an important economic player and an important political player. I mean, it, it, it has the goal of being the, the world's largest economy in this century, of surpassing the U.S. And so, you know, the G7, to its credit, is, you know, is paying attention to that um, Turn around from a few years ago. And the, the Belt and Road Initiative that China has initiated, that President Xi Jinping initiated about eight years ago, is basically its attempt to build trading relationships with countries around the world in, in Africa, in, in Central Asia, in Eastern Asia, uh, and Eastern Europe, and in, in, into Western Europe. and the, So the G7 is, has announced a plan to do an infrastructure plan that will be a counterbalance to the, the Belt and Road Initiative.
0: And give me a sense of, of how successful you think that will be, and are we too late to the game?
1: We're not too late to the game. The challenge is not so much time right now as it is um, as it is negotiations. China's one country. So when it negotiates with Kenya or negotiates with Sri Lanka or negotiates with Uzbekistan, it's China with, with that one country. The G7 is seven countries and in turn represents others as well. And so trying to keep one infrastructure initiative aligned with seven decision makers is going to be really hard. And there isn't very much detail on the plan right now. that basically just saying we'll do a um, combination of loans and grants for infrastructure development for lower and middle-income countries to help them develop supply chain. We, we we haven't seen the haven't seen the meat on the bone yet. Uh, but it's the, the the big challenge is going to be keep it al- is keeping it aligned.
0: Uh, and Biden, uh, uh, President Biden, made a big point of saying no strings attached in terms of vaccines and, and making that a very clear distinction between Chinese and Russian efforts that uh, I guess, in, do you have a sense of what strings those countries are putting on their vaccines?
1: Not very many. Um, last time I checked, the, you know, the Russian Gamalaya vaccine, the vaccine from the Gamalaya Institute was being used in multiple countries around the world. Um, two Chinese vaccines were being used in multiple countries around the world. They're they're largely being given away, um, or so or sold it at at relatively inexpensive prices, um, just as the AstraZeneca vaccine from from the UK, the Pfizer vaccine uh, from the US, and some of the others uh, are being are are being used around the world. In fact, last time I checked, um, AstraZeneca and Pfizer actually had more penetration in lower and middle income countries than either the Chinese or the Russians. So everybody's gradually bringing vaccines out into lower and middle income countries, but but. Uh, they're not there. They're they're far from there yet.
0: Are we are we in a sort of a, a new Cold War where you know we we had the Soviet Union at one point you know elbowing in for influence, especially in Africa during the Cold War and you know lower income countries. Are we are we in that same kind of situation? Do you draw a parallel here?
1: I don't think it's a new Cold War. I mean that was a political war, cultural war. Uh, where there were really big challenges around what type of system would dominate the world. This is an economic con- competition, and in fact, it's a combination. You can think of it as three, b- with China in particular, you can think of three big pieces. One is around climate change, one is around supply chain, and the third is around human rights. And with climate change, we're actually in more of a cooperation system set up than, than anything else. China's one of the world leaders in environmental sciences and in climate, climate change initiatives, and there are lots of opportunities to, to cooperate with China um, to combat China to, to combat climate change, and so so that's that's not a cold war at all. That's that's a that's a, a, that's a, a warm co- warm cooperation. On supply chain, it's it's uh, it's competition. Um, the the future of the next 50 years of the of the world is the, the, economically is going to be based on on global trade. And China now trades with more countries than any other country in the world. Uh, The U.S. is number two, slightly behind. Germany is number three. Then it drops down to, to France and Italy and some of the European countries and India. So there is a real competition on supply chain. And the Belt and Road Initiative that President Xi Jinping has initiated is very much a supply chain initiative to build Chinese trade presence in as many countries around the world as possible. And that's where the infrastructure project from the G7 is is a credible balance to be able to to compete to provide supply chain support for for countries or for, for for countries around the world. And then the third element, the third leg, is human is human rights. And there, there's, there you can probably use and if you want another C, you can use the contest word, where you've we've certainly heard a lot of uh, a lot of voice at the G7 meetings and lots of other meetings and, a lot, and including here at Parliament on uh, concerns about China's uh, human rights and human rights uh, conditions especially in the west with the, with the, with the Hugo. and but- so it's going to be a complicated relationship it's a combination of cooperation conflict and and and, and contest and um, we're going to have to be able to manage that because China's not going to go away i mean it is it is the world's either number 1 or number 2 economy depending on how you count mm-hmm. so we're going to be we're going to be working with it for the rest of our lives
0: William Mitchell, Professor of Strategic Management at Rodman, thank you so much for coming on and giving us uh, some perspective on this today.
1: Thanks, Alan.